Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29 says, Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Fellow Marketplace Christians, stop apologizing and start winning. Welcome to The Success Edge, the show that helps you take your walk as a Marketplace Christian to the next level. Here's your host, Christian entrepreneur, Tyler McCart. Going on, Kingdom Success listeners, Tyler McCart coming at you. Episode 257. 257. Hang on one second, guys. Get a quick drink of uh, my excess. Anyway, welcome back. I wanted to talk to you guys briefly and excited to be able to talk to you guys. Things are slowing down in my world, uh, kind of. I mean, I, I say that very relative. Uh, because school has just gotten out uh, around my house, and over the last couple weeks here, it has been nothing but all hands on deck. I believe within the last 10 days, uh, we had four field days, we had four award ceremonies, and then two graduations, a kindergarten graduation and a fifth grade graduation. Whoa, man. (laughs) So today was the first day that we actually uh, didn't have school in. But guess what? I still had to get up and go take my uh, eldest son, Tyler Jr., to speed and agility camp, which he's at right now, uh, early this morning. So summer camps have already begun on the first day of, uh, I guess, our summer. We're excited about it here in the McCart household. I hope you're excited about your life uh, as well. I'm excited to be able to talk to you guys. If this is your first time actually here on the Kingdom of Success uh, podcast, I want to welcome you out. And you know, we're all about you uh, maximizing your kingdom potential in the marketplace. We want you to invade the marketplace for the kingdom of God and take over and dominate and uh, really bring in uh, the kingdom. Uh, because that is exactly what uh, God wants you to do, because the kingdom produces peace, joy, love, and um, you know all those good things, all those good fruits. Uh, so anytime that you go in and you actually allow the kingdom of God to flow through you, it produces. And you know if you uh, I want to today, I believe I'm going to start a series. I'm going to start a series, and I hadn't even thought about the title until just now. But the title of this series is going to be Manifesting the Kingdom. And today, the subtitle for this series, we're going to start out with the subtitle, The Principles of God's Kingdom. Now, this is something that I know you probably have heard about. You heard me reference it last week. Or la- you know, the, in our last episode about the kingdom of God and how that you know Jesus came, uh, the person of Jesus came to be crucified, to be sacrificed for our sins and transgressions, so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Not and a lot of people stop right there, and that's where they go to the side of okay, well, you know. 
hey, when I get to heaven or when I die, I know that I'm going to be in the sweet by and by of God Almighty. I'm going to go to heaven. And I punch my time, uh, I punch my ticket. I've got, I've got my ticket to ride on up there to that sweet glory by and by in that uh, heavenly place in the sky. I know I'm trying to rhyme, but <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing that. Anyway, so that's what majority of people do. And that's, they're, they're very thankful for that. But here's the thing. What happens after you get saved? Well, you're still stuck here. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians, I know that I was one of these Christians, and this is just what kind of was taught as I was growing up uh, in the, I mean, I, I'm grateful for the church that I grew up in and the men and women that were around me that uh, lived godly lives and, you know, portrayed, you know, godly character with integrity. Yet the problem was, is that there was no victory. There was no, there was, there was all this. It, it really was, okay, let's batten down the hatches. Let's just grin and bear it. Let's, um, let's just kind of, you know, hopefully no bad thing's going to happen to me until I finally get to heaven. And it was like, I'm just going to hunker down in, in this, you know, pl- in this place called earth until I die and get to the streets of gold and I have no problems, no anything like that. All right. Well, that is not what Jesus talked about. That is not what Jesus modeled for us here on this earth. Jesus is the Adam that we should be following. You know, Adam, the original Adam that God created, was supposed to be our first father that we actually looked to, but he messed up. Jesus came, became the second Adam to actually show us how we should be operating here in this earth. Now, so where that I talked about last week, that we're going to talk about the principles or the second part of the gospel, which is the kingdom of God gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is what we're wanting to talk about. And I want to talk about manifesting the kingdom in your life because way back in 2008 is whenever I finally got a revelation of the kingdom of God. And where that I started to study and gain some understanding and really dig into what it meant to be a child of the Most High God and live in the kingdom of, of you know, His dear Son, Jesus Christ. What did that mean? And for me, that was a series of things that had to take place. I had to unearth some thought processes that were inside of me. And I had to start to live, live dependent upon the kingdom. And that is a mouthful, what I just said, of living within the kingdom. And actually, I, I, I take that back. I want to re, rename this, uh, this actual subtitle of Manifesting the Kingdom to Working the System. And I went back, I went back and I picked up a book that I read 
in 2008, and I hadn't read this book since 2008. And this book right here really was the seedbed or the kind of launching point for me. I mean, there was a lot of launching points in 2008 for me. But this one was one of those that kind of opened my eyes up to start to, I didn't totally understand everything that it was talking about in the book, but I, it launched me in that direction of, of understanding the kingdom. And as I began to comprehend this, the kingdom of God and realizing the kingdom of God was actually more superior than this world system that we actually live in, and because it's more superior than the, than, than the actual world system, I am actually a citizen, I am a child of that kingdom. Therefore, because I am a child and a citizen of that kingdom, I have rights and I have privileges of that kingdom to be superior to this world's system. Now, what I just said right there is a pretty big mouthful. Most people, most I, mean, I want to say most people, most Christians have never even heard of what I just said. They've never experienced the kingdom of God in full manifestation. That's why I want to talk about manifesting the kingdom. And the subtitle of Working the System is basically where I want to jump to. Now, in Working the System, I want to jump off of this first actual scripture verse, which we know this right here. And I'm going to also follow up with another scripture verse that we're going to read. So let's read this right here. This is what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 33. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And also, Jesus also said in Matthew 6, verse 8, it says, For your Father knows what things you have of need, before you even ask. So, I'm going to give you an example of what it means to work the system. And then I'm going to dissect this example, or we're going to talk about this example. So, I needed a wife. Right? I needed a wife. And I believed I was... 17 years, 16, 17 years young in a youth group somewhere in, in the church, church I went to. And the youth pastor or somebody said something that struck me and said, you know what, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take God at his word. And it's, he said, why don't you make a list of everything that you want in a wife. And I'm like, make a list of everything you want in a wife. What is he talking about? And he started rattling off, hey, do you want her to be to have blonde hair? Do you want her to be good with money? Do you want her to have a business mind? Do you want her to have blue eyes? Do you want her to be taller than you? Do you want her to be shorter than you? He said, why don't you go and write down everything that you want in a wife and believe me uh, believe God for 
for that wife and have a list of it. Because, and this was just his way of talking about it. He said, you know, how do you know that she's your wife if she shows up, but you don't know what she looks like or how she dresses or what, whatever it is that you've written down? You, you just don't know. And so my little naive brain was like, golly, I, I mean, I, I, I've got to start thinking this through. And so I began the process of writing down. It took me a, took me a little while to do it. And finally, one time I, I said, you know what? Why don't I base my wife around Proverbs 31? And so what I did, this is just me. I didn't, again, guys, I didn't know what I was doing as far as, but I was acting in the kingdom. I was doing the kingdom. I was working the system. Here's, here, this is what I was doing. I was working the system. So. I wrote down, I went to Proverbs 31, I took each one of those scripture verses, I think there's about, you know, 20-something scripture verses or whatever there are that talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, I went and looked at each scripture verse and, you know, looked at what each one of them said and what what they meant, and I wrote that quality down based around what I want. And then I even went and added some more things where I wanted my wife to be you know, um, athletic. I wanted my wife to uh, be shorter than me. I wanted her to have a beautiful singing voice. I also wanted her to be a good cook. I said, I mean, I wrote all these things down. And then I wrote on the back of my prayer journal. This is where I wrote this at. And I have it actually upstairs. I, Amy found it the other day. And I, I wrote all that down. And I, I would go back, you know, on occasion. And it didn't happen like every day. But on occasion, I would go back and I would actually look at those qualities and traits and actually remember the verses of Scripture in Proverbs 31 about my wife, and I would associate those qualities in, of who she was. And lo and behold, isn't it interesting that my wife was produced... <laughs> By the word of God. Yes. The wife that I've had for the last 20 years as the time of this recording and will be be more than 20 years beyond this recording is Amy J who is upstairs doing something with my kids right now who I've been married to for for now over 20 years. And that's how I got my wife. And guess what? Watch this now. The kingdom of God's system produced her for me. Did it happen in the time frame that I wanted it? No, not at all. But did when she appeared and she manifested, whenever the, my, the faith that I was believing for, that God was going to bring her to me, because I knew all the details that I had written down, and wanted in my wife from the word of God, guess what? The word produced inside me. I know you might say, what, what do you mean to have the word produce your wife, Tyler? Well, follow me, guys. Follow me. For you to operate in the kingdom of God, God, and I, I'm, this is this is 
Principle number one. God is not moved by your need. He's only moved by your faith. That is based around Hebrews 11. I believe it's verse 6. I don't have it in front of me right now, but trust me. God already knows your need. I mean, I read that in uh, Matthew 6, verse 8. He already knows your need before you even ask it. So the good thing is, within the kingdom, whatever you need, God has already provided it for you. I might say, well, man, Tyler, you know, I, I don't have enough money in my bank account. I need some money right now. Or, you know, Tyler, I, I've got this, you know, ailment in my body that has been, you know, plaguing me for so long, or I've tolerated for so long, and I need some, I want it gone. I, so you're telling me that God's already provided the, provided that for me of my financial deficit. He's already provided to me more than enough money to pay my bills on time, or he's already pro- provided for me the, the actual uh, healing that I might need in my body, or the wife, or the husband that I might need, or the relationship I might need with my, uh, my son or daughter that I haven't talked to in you know 10 years. Yes, God has already provided all that for you. The key thing is, you're asking, you're asking him to meet your needs whenever he's already met them. You're like, man, Tyler, you're, this is wild stuff what you're saying. Look, here's the thing. God's not moved by your need. He's already provided for all your needs. He, he, when Jesus died on the cross, all that was completed. The blood sealed it, done. And God, everything you need is an inside job Because it says in God's word that the kingdom of God is within you. So how do we manifest the kingdom? So let's go back and I want you to go back and let's look at the example I gave you. So here, well, let me give you the second principle, right? Let me give you the second principle. Second principle, and I'm actually just reading this actually verbatim from the book. Okay, the kingdom of God within uh, in you. The second principle of God's kingdom that you need to understand to succeed, to, uh, to successfully operate, is it is that God wants to supply all your need. He does not want anything else or person or organization to be your source. He wants to be your only source. You say, oh, okay, Tyler. He wants to be a only source. Well, let me give you an example. Example time, boys and girls. So, God, let's use the children of Israel. They're in slavery. God had already made a promise to the children of Israel that they were going to be delivered from slavery after 400 years. And when Moses was 40 years young, you can read this in Acts, chapter, whenever Stephen is addressing uh, the, 
priests and everything like that during this time. I think it might be Acts chapter 7. I'm not sure. Anyway, go read. Go find it yourself. <laughs> anyway, it said, it says in there that God stirred Moses' heart to begin to follow his destiny. So the deliverer's heart was stirred to actually act. Now, he acted a little too quickly. That's a given. But faith was kindled in Moses' heart. Now, Moses acted in faith. It took him another 40 years to actually figure out how to actually do what he was called to do. That's a whole other topic right there. I don't have time to get into. <clears throat> but faith, it wasn't a need. God already provided it. God provided a deliverer. But one man's faith had to be activated and he had to believe that God had stirred his heart to go and deliver his people. And when Moses finally believed that at the burning bush, he went and manifestation, the manifestation of the kingdom happened. Faith, that's principle number one. God's not moved by the need, right? I mean, it does. It, I, know it's, I know you might say, well, you know, it says that God heard the grumblings of their people. God heard it, but he'd already promised it 400 years prior with Abraham. It was already done. <laughs> so, so the children of Israel were just remembering and going to God about that. So he, he'd already done it. He'd already provided a way out. Moses was, a, Moses was the ticket to ride. His faith was the ticket to ride to get out of, of Egypt. Now watch this. Then, when God brought him out of Egypt, he brought him into, into a wilderness situation where what I just read right here, principle number two of God's kingdom, that God wanted the children of Israel to be 100% dependent upon him and no other. This is huge because God's again, God is not going to, to do anything for you without faith. And you have got to become completely dependent 100% upon the kingdom. This is where, for me, whenever I got this beginning of this revelation in 2008, of being dependent upon the kingdom, I would sit there and say, uh, you, you probably have heard me say this before, but I would say statements like, you know, look, God signs my paycheck. God's the one that supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, when all that happened, guess what? Joseph and Israel were working God's system. So all of a sudden, you know, manna from heaven was produced, quail was produced, water from a rock was produced. All these supernatural things, or they might think you they're supernatural, but they're just part of the kingdom, were being done 
in a wilderness situation where the children of God were having all that to happen. Now, when the children of God were ready to move on into their promised land where that it was in abundance over there, okay, they lacked unbelief. Now, I don't have time to get into that right there, but I, I just want to point that out, okay? So that, that's how the children, that's, that's, this is God's system right here. This is just a, two principles of God's system to where that, you know, guys, here's the thing, you know, people, people attach themselves to their paycheck. They attach themselves to their paycheck and their job and they say, you know, look, I've got to have this job because it's the only way that I'm going to be, you know, pay my bills or I'm going to only be able to be funded. No, that is, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Your job that you currently have, whether you're uh, a ditch digger or you're a surgeon or you're an entrepreneur or a salesperson, whatever you are, God has you on assignment for the kingdom and he is wanting you to activate the kingdom wherever you're at. And he's the one that's going to supply all of your need. This is why I always go back to this, this simple thing that I learned in 2008, where that Adam, in the very beginning, God gave him three things. He gave him fellowship with him. He gave him a, an assignment something to go and do in, in, in the earth. And then God provided all the resources for him to complete that assignment. But Adam was never to go and chase that provision. He was always commanded to only fellowship was his first primary thing he needed to do. That's why he goes, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then guess what? Number three, go and do what you... What God instructs you to do, and God will supply your every need. I mean, last week I, I even talked about that right there. Now, watch this. This is where that you, when you start to get a revelation of this, guys, it's 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 just it's just it's kind of wild because you're going to be living on faith because faith is the currency of heaven. So the more you build your faith. Or something, or the when you have a need, or when you have something that comes up, or you have a, a want or desire in your heart, here's how to work the system. Okay, I go back to my example of I needed a wife. The very first thing that you need to do, here we go, and I'm gonna wrap up with this. The very first thing you need to do, we're gonna use the granddaddy principle of all principles. And that is, guess what? It's found in Mark chapter 4. The sower sows the word. Your very first thing that you need to do is not to go out and start taking action. It's not to sit there and um, <clears throat> try to figure out, you know, okay, well, you know, I, I know I'm going to be, I know I'm called to God. I, I feel like God, you know, has called me to this or, you know, God wants me to have a wife or God wants me to have a job. I need to go get a job. I'm going to go get a job right now. 
or I'm looking for that next job that's going to give me, or that next business opportunity that's going to give me, you know, this huge abundance. <clears throat> no, what you need is wisdom. And what, wis- where, what is wisdom? Well, Jesus is wisdom. So, and Jesus is also called the word. So you need the word. That's where you start. The word is where you go first. I'll read this actually, this uh, right here. It says, as, as we've seen before, we express our faith in God and God alone by believing his word. The first seed we plant for every need we have is the word of God. We have to get God's word on everything we want to do before we can, before God can come in and do it because he's looking for our faith. You know, most, most times people don't have a problem with prosperity. Most times they don't. They'll sit there and rush off, like I was saying before, they'll rush off and say, okay, you know, I'm going to go and get three jobs and I'm going to, you know, work my fingers to the bone and so forth. Well, did God tell you to do that? Did, did God instruct you to, to go and do that? If he did, man, that's awesome. Go get, you know, God will provide the three jobs that you need and God will give you the energy and the power and the strength, you know, for you to be able to do it. And here, but here's the good thing about that. Here's the, here's the kingdom of God. He's going to get 100% of the glory if he is the one that told you to do that. If he didn't tell you to do that, you're, you're, you're fighting against yourself. 100%. So again, we start with the word. Just like me, I'm just using the example that I gave of what I did. I needed a wife. So I went to the word and wrote out all the things that I wanted from, uh, in a wife from the word in Proverbs 31. And then even some personal things that I wanted. And guess what? The word began to get inside of my heart. And I remember this just like it was yesterday, whenever I was sharing with one of my uh, my mentors at the time, I think I was maybe 20, 21 or 20, 20 years old or 21 years old. I remember him saying, him, him looking over my list of all the qualities I wanted in my wife. And I explained to him how I came about the list and how I based upon the word of God. <laughs> and then Mr. Cerny, Mr. Cerny looks back up at me and says, well, where's your list? I'm like, my list? What are you talking about my list? He said, well, where's your list? If you expect all these things from your wife right here, all these qualities of you know, so forth, then you should have your own list and you should be focusing on your own list right here. And that was a revelation to me, <clears throat> that was, I, honestly, I took that as a word from the Lord saying, okay, you know what? I need to forget about focusing on these qualities of my wife and I need to focus on my qualities and making me the best person and allow the Lord to bring about the wife that I need. And isn't it interesting, by the time he told that to me, it was, I think it was six or nine months, I'm not sure, six months or so. <clears throat> that all of a sudden Amy showed up in my life. And lo and behold, I started thinking, holy cow, this lady, this girl right here is checking the boxes on all the things I w- would want in a wife. And it was a year later 
that Amy and I were married. So instead of, guys, instead of working the world system, go and work the kingdom's system. The kingdom system is if you have a need, you've got to sow a seed. Well, that first seed that you sow is you go find in Scripture, be led of the Lord, get with the Lord, and say, Lord, all right, I've got this need of blank. And I need you to show me in Scripture where, where can I get some seed, because the Word is a seed, that I can start planting in my heart, that I can start meditating in my heart. And as I begin to meditate on the, this Word, Lord, I believe you're going to give me insight and revelation to know what to do. I'll, I'll give you a today example. I just made a decision. <clears throat> this within the last uh, two, uh, within the last uh, what thirty days, where that I'm actually going to be um, the head cross country coach for uh, the school, the Hebron Hebron Christian Academy. I'll be the head middle school track coach. Big decision for me, at least. And. I knew that I needed to meet with some people and meet with some coaches and meet with the athletic director uh, and so forth. And so I've done all that. And so today, this morning, I said, all right, Lord, I don't know Jack from squat about being a head head track coach. I, I don't know that, but you do. And I believe you led me to this, this place in my life so, and because you've led me to this place in my life, I'm going to go to your word and I'm going to meditate on your word and get some word in me. And you're going to bring insight and revelation on what I need to do next in order to make this happen. Now, have I always done this this way? No, sometimes I've gone on my own intellect and my own, you know, just thought. And that's, that's, that's incorrect. But I'm, I'm just showing you guys, what, what you, if you need more sales for your sales job, if you need more uh, people for your business that you need, if you need more whatever it is, whatever the need is, sow a seed. Where does it begin? From the Word of God. Go find some Word. And then listen for the Word of God to instruct you on what to do next. You might have to sow another seed of, I mean, I could give you so many examples of what God has done through me and done through Amy and I, and what we've seen in other people and read stories about other people of sowing a seed. It could be a a lady. I I just remember this one lady. She needed a job. She wrote out, uh, she, she got scripture and put it before her eyes. In multiple places in her house, so she had it before her eyes. She put it, I think, in her bathroom uh, mirror. She put it on her refrigerator. She put specific scripture because she needed a job, and she also wrote down specifically about what she wanted. And as she wrote those things down, she cast it on the Lord and just meditated on the on the scripture that she had wanted, <clears throat> or that she that she felt prompted from the Lord to do. Well, meditation came. Our meditation happened, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit 
said, I want you, this was what took place. I want you to actually sow some soup. I know it's wild. Sow some, I want you to make your best soup and I want you to sow it or give it to this person. I don't remember what his role was 100%, but he was coming over and, and um, to, to, to catch up with uh, the husband and wife. And she made soup specifically for this person, for him to take home with him. And lo and behold, the husband says, oh, man, this is great. You're making you know, your, your, some of your soup for me. And she's like, this isn't your soup. And the husband's like, what? She's like, the Lord told me to make soup for such and such. He's coming over here in about an hour, and I'm, and I'm getting it ready for him. Well, she gives this gentleman the soup. Short story. This gentleman, he walk, he leaves with the soup, goes back, go back. A couple things happen. He um, meets a gentleman uh, that is just bringing in this new company into this area. <clears throat> he he happens to think about uh, the the wife that made him the soup. He goes back over to her, says, "Hey, I just met a guy that they're bringing a new company. I think you should might should go and apply for it." For this job. What do you know? She goes and applies. It's exactly what she wanted and had written down for her job. Guys, this is the kingdom. The salary she wanted, all those things. I'm telling you that when you work the kingdom, the kingdom will work for you. But you've got to work the kingdom. And you've got to stay true to the kingdom and faithful to the kingdom, and you can't depend upon the world's system. You've got to divorce yourself from the world system. So, <clears throat> there's so much more I could, I could say about all this. But gang, know that you're blessed, you're highly favored, you're empowered to prosper, you walk in divine health, the spirit of breakthroughs upon you guys, and gang, we'll catch you on the other side.